Yo, welcome to another episode of Optimize Your Body Podcast, ladies and gents. I am going to be answering some questions from the audience again today. So I've got three questions, and as usual, I'm going to go into as much depth as possible that is necessary with each one, just to give you a ton of value from the episode as always. So number one is from a young lady, and she said, her boyfriend doesn't train and eats like shit. I'm struggling to keep on top of my diet because he's always eating shit food in front of me. Also, I feel guilty sometimes when I go to the gym because it means less time with him. I'm gaining fat and going backwards. And to be honest, it's getting me down. I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to resent him uh, right now. Any suggestions? So I thought this was a great question because this is a very common problem that I've seen with all the hundreds of clients I've coached. And it just seems like people who message me on Instagram and stuff and reach out and ask questions, it seems to be coming up quite a lot. Now, it's no surprise because ultimately, I've mentioned this study millions of times, right? But just this highlights the importance of environment. There was a study done on millions of people over the space. I think it was 30, 20 years or 30 years, this study. And what they found was if you've got a close friend who's obese, you've got a 52% higher chance of being obese yourself. If you've got a friend of a friend who's obese, you've still got a 20% higher chance of being obese yourself. If you've got a friend of a friend of a friend who's obese, then you've still got a 10% higher chance of being obese yourself, right? So it just goes to show actually who you spend your time with is very important. We all know this, right? So let's just get stuck into it. Now, what I would say, I had a chat with a client. The funny thing is we do a group coaching call on a Monday morning and I had a chat with a client on the call actually. And, you know, she said that her partner is just starting to get back into his self-care regime now. So he hasn't been taking care of himself. Uh, you know, when they met, he was in fantastic shape. Then he started his own business, et cetera. And he just kind of neglected his own training. But now the good thing is he's taken a step this week to start prepping his meals and eating better. That's his first step. And she said to him, oh, you know, why don't we go to the gym together? And he was like, nah, not going to do it. Right. And that was that. And uh, very, you know, wisely, from her standpoint, she didn't contest that, right? Because you know, if you try and use words, a lot of the times it quite simply doesn't work. And basically, you know, never try and get blood out of a stone, right? Because sometimes we're trying to get blood out of a stone. In other words, we're trying to get someone to change. You simply isn't ready to change, right? So Jess and I, my client, we had that chat this morning and I said, that's fantastic, right? You don't want to try and change too much at once anyway, right? Now, I would argue that going to the gym is generally going to be the best first step because you naturally make better decisions with food then. And there's research on that. However, he's taken the first step and that's great. So that's a positive, right? So answering this question, what you got to look at is, you know, number one, I would always look at, and again, I want to make this clear now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to turn this into like relationship advice. I'm very mindful with the notes I've written here, right? This is not my wheelhouse. I'm far from a relationship expert. I'm just talking, uh, giving you advice based on the clients I've coached and the coaching questions I will ask them to get the answer they need to move forward. And also based on my experience anyway in relationships, right? So what you're going to look at is the sustainability of the relationship, right? For this individual. Because, you know, if you're, if you're, because essentially what you're doing is you're not showing your body as much care and you're not loving your body as much as you used to, right? Because, you know, I hate to say this and it might hurt, Um for the person who's listening back to this, and maybe even people listen to this, but you know, when you're gaining fat, ultimately that's just an indication that you're not loving your body as much. You're not treating your body with the respect it deserves, right? That's the bottom line. So the number one cause of unhappiness, anyways, been proven in research, is to be is lack of self love. That's the number one cause 
of unhappiness, right? So what you got to ask yourself is some power questions, which anyone listening to this, I'm sure there's going to be at least a few people who resonate with this question. Um, you got to ask yourself, again, this is not relationship advice, but I would say, right, is this person making my life better or worse? Okay, simple question. Are they adding value to your life or are they taking value away from your life? Number two, this is a really powerful question, right? And I actually struggle with this myself, ladies and gents, right? Because I give advice. I'm guilty of this. We all do this, right? Some of the best coaches, mentors, whatever in the world will give people advice and then we won't follow that ourselves, right? That's just what we do at times. So this question I'll ask myself, but I forget about it. When I'm in my own distress, I actually don't do it, but this works with clients. What advice, based on this situation now, right? You know, you said that you're gaining fat, it's getting you down, you're starting to resent him, you know, you're struggling to keep on top of taking care of yourself. So ask yourself this, what advice would you give to someone you were mentoring or someone you cared about? Let's say someone close to you came to you and asked you for advice in the situation you're in now. Even if you have to pause this podcast now, anyone listening to you actually take action on this, what advice would you give that person? You know the answer. You know the advice that you would give yourself. That's a crazy thing because I fall into this trap myself. It's normally quite black and white. Um, so simply do that and you'll have your answer, right? Most of the time. Um, but what another thing as well is uh, Janine and I have started doing this as well is sitting down and just discussing values, right? You have to understand that when you're with someone, you, our values as humans change all the time, right? So for example, you might've got with this guy and well, I don't know anything about this, right? But all I'm saying is this happens a lot, right? I've had this with people on my program. I've had this with loads of clients in the past where they've had coaching from me. They've leveled up. They've, they've grown as a person. They've grown in terms of physique. That I mean, they've gained muscle. Their physique's transformed. They fundamentally changed who they are because to get sustainable results, you have got to upgrade your identity, right? And change who you are. So if you got with him and the values are maybe perhaps more aligned and perhaps you've gone to new levels, because this is what happens in most relationships, right? Or a lot of the times, uh, one person outgrows the other person, right? And if the other person doesn't catch up, and try and, you know, I guess, live a similar lifestyle, then you end up going, you know, separate ways or, you know, like a lot of people do, they stay in it anyway, right? Even though they're unhappy. So sit down and just discuss values. Like what are, what are your top values? Like what do you both value, right? And that'll give you a lot of answers, right? Because if he doesn't value health and a healthy lifestyle, like at all from what you're saying, and you really value that, obviously that presents a challenge. But then, you know, there could be other values that do align and you just either sat, sit down and have a chat, right? Again, this is not relationship advice. I feel like this is just common sense advice, which I don't always implement myself. But if I could give myself this advice, I would give myself this advice if I was in that situation, right? So um, yeah, so look at the pros and cons, simply write down the pros and cons as well. I do this with any situation, you know, what the, what the pros of the situation that you're in with your partner and what are the cons in terms of, you know, simple black and white, right? But remember, like trying to get blood out of a stone and trying to change someone who isn't ready to change and reinvent themselves, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And then actually what happens is you start resenting them even more and actually ending up even more pissed off and in a worse position, right? So just be mindful of that. And what you got to look at is actions speak louder than words, right? So if, for example, anyone listening back to this, you are living a healthy lifestyle, or at least you're trying to get better, trying to improve, trying to put better food in your body. You know, you listen to this podcast, or you're obviously growth-minded. Now, your actions of whatever you're doing, right, in terms of getting better with your food, with your training, with your sleep, with the people you surround yourself with, whatever that, you know, investing in yourself, whatever that is, your actions are either going to inspire your partner or the people close to you, uh, or they're not going to inspire them at all. Or worst case scenario, this happens a lot, is it causes resentment. And what happens then is, remember, people are always going to project stuff 
they're not happy about. We've all done it. We all do it. Um, but you know, people who are not, let's say, healthy, for example, they're going to project that out, right? So what will happen a lot of times? What I've seen has happened uh, a few times in terms of the like my partner, my partner, my my client's conflict with their partner is the partner will just basically be negative and criticize them, right? And again, research shows that criticism and people getting discouraged from people close to them is essentially one of the worst things in terms of gain and weight back that you've lost. That actually slows people down and, and makes people go backwards um, the most on studies, right? Criticism and negative energy towards people who don't align with your goals or share or at least encourage you and encouraging you and supporting you on their goals. But what they then do is they'll bounce off how they feel about themselves. And, you know, for example, let's just say they don't feel good about, you know, their body, right? They're lacking body confidence and they're carrying too much body fat because they don't go to the gym or whatever. Whereas you, on the other hand, you know, you might be in better shape than them, right? And then they'll kind of deflect that onto you at times. That's happened in the past with clients. And they'll they'll say stuff like, you know, why are you training? You know, you're getting too uh, obsessed. That's that's what I hear a lot. You're getting too obsessed. Why are you tracking your food for? And it'll, it'll project out because of the stuff they're not happy with themselves deep down or they're not happy because no one's, let's be honest, right? No one's, people bullshit. They say they're happy. Yeah, you know, I can eat these foods and I'm fine, but we all know it's not the case. And deep down, those people are struggling, right? And using food as an escape, right? That's the bottom line. Food is the most uh, abused drug on the planet. So what they'll then do is they say, you know, if they're not making good decisions for food and they're eating like shit, and then they feel guilty because of that, then they'll project out onto you. Oh, you know, you're getting obsessed. You know, why don't you eat these chips with me or something, you know, or this pizza with me or whatever it is. And if you simply don't want to, then you don't want to, right? Um, and I'm going to give you, oh, no, I'm going to give you an example, another example of the next question, which relates to the same sort of topic. Um, but another thing I would say, another strategic, well, a strategic bit of advice would be to do active stuff and actually try and uh, push them to, not push them, but start new hobbies or active stuff, whether that's going outdoors or doing stuff which involves activity, bloody salsa dancing, jujitsu, I don't know, I'm just throwing random shit out there and try and do things together, right, which do involve activity and health, right? So if it's if they're not going to the gym and they don't want to go to the gym, then guess what? They're not going to go to the gym, right? And that's that. So find other outlets that you could do together so you can bond and then you kind of get the best of both worlds. And if you both enjoy it, then you get even more of a connection together then, right? So that kind of like levels things up. But the reality is, I mean, you've got to be kind of black and white about this as well. You're either going to do these, if you want to do certain hobbies, you want to do certain activities, you might want to do, you might have certain goals in your life which involve you pushing yourself with your fitness or whatever that is do them with or without them, right? Because ultimately you're going to end up miserable. The default is if you don't, if you fall down the path that they're on and you value health and you value feeling good and, you know, performing well and looking good, then, um, and you, and you just basically keep slipping, then you're going to basically end up going downhill. That's just the default of what's going to happen, right? So with or without them, do the shit you're going to do, right? And that's all I'm going to say really. Again, I'm not. I don't want to cause any 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 breakups here if I can help it. But that's the kind of advice I would give you based on all the people I've coached and everything else. Um, and just to summarize the answer, because I know that was a lot of information, right? Just to summarize that answer, you know, write down those power questions that I mentioned. Okay, you know, is this person making my life better and worse? Write down the pros and cons. What advice would you give to someone that you're mentoring or someone close to you, right? Um, and just sit down and discuss values. And communicate these things with them as well, right? And if it causes conflict, guess what? Like no relationship is built without conflict, right? Um, 
That's what I like to tell myself anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the advice I would give on that. Obviously, there's a lot more advice I could go. I don't really know you know, the specifics in terms of your fitness stuff because you haven't really gone deep into that, right? In terms of where you're at with your training, nutrition, and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's definitely what I would say. I would say those simple things there are going to really go a long way. If, again, if you can implement one or two of those things, you can have those, you can have, maybe you need to have a difficult conversation with them. Maybe, you know, and again, we've got to take accountability for being in these positions, right? Because ultimately we choose the people we're with, right? Um, our partners, uh, we choose whether or not we stay in it. And also we choose to communicate openly and basically address problems and have difficult conversations when necessary, or we choose the easy route and we avoid those difficult conversations. And then we end up spinning our wheels for years and essentially ended up miserable, right? So we got to take accountability here as well uh, for these things in relationships where we got to communicate these things. Because a lot of times what we do is we just expect other people to know what we're thinking in relationships. And it, you know it just doesn't work like that based on my experience, right? So anyway, next question is, um, again, relating to environment again. Um, and I quite like this topic because it is a common problem with most people. And this is what causes most people to fall down when it comes to sustainable results, health, fitness, and really reaching their full potential. So next question is over the summer, this is a guy from the US. Over the summer, um, I've let my fitness goals slip. He didn't mention his fitness goals, but that's fine. I've let my fitness goals slip. I cut down on drinking because I was getting sloppy with my diet but I still struggle to make good choices with food when I'm out with my friends. Um, I'm getting really frustrated because this seems to be a vicious cycle that happens every year. I'm getting good shape for the summer and for holidays, and then I go downhill. How can I find balance? I like to enjoy myself. I do like to be social, but I can't go on like this. How do I find balance? Okay, there's clearly a lot of pain here, right? So the good thing is, I mean, I can sense a bit of frustration in this question which essentially frustration is a good thing because that means you want to make changes, right? So first thing I would say is, I'm going to give you an example on what happened with me on the weekend, right? Now, I went out with two friends who I haven't seen for a year, friends I grew up with. So back home in the UK, I've known them for years. And I went out for food with them and I, I never expect them to go somewhere where it's going to be like, I can have a steak. There's one place that I go in the whole of Sydney, right? Marcelleria, shout out Marcelleria. Um, and that, you know, if I, on the weekend, for example, for the first time in a while, went on a date night with my girlfriend and we went to a really, really posh restaurant because we never go out and eat. So I thought, right, I'll make this special because, and they were asking us in the restaurant as well, what's the occasion? Is this a special occasion? You know, is it? And I said it was Janine's birthday, but it wasn't. Um, but no, I just I just said, yeah, the special occasion is we never go out <laughs> to eat uh, anywhere over there, Marcelleria. So that's the occasion. Anyway, um, on the weekend when I went out with my friends on Friday nights, I in advance, because I knew it was going to be, number one, they tend to eat late. They do things later than I do, like really late for my, like they're eating the time I go to bed type of thing. Um, and number two, I, uh, I knew it was going to be going somewhere where I wouldn't really want to eat the food, right? It'd just be essentially shit food. Um, so basically I met up with them. Uh, they were drinking as well and I chose not to drink. Now I always find it much harder. And I always remember this from the, from the book Atomic Habits with James Clear. Now it's much easier to avoid temptation than it is to resist it. Um, but for me, I did, I managed to resist it the other day. Um, I didn't find it a challenge, but I like to have a few drinks, as you know, like I don't drink much, but I do enjoy it. So if I go out with people who are drinking, then I know I'm much more likely to drink, right? And I'm super disciplined, 
But resisting that stuff is way harder than avoiding it. But I had like a little kind of five, 10 minute window where I, I was tempted to have a drink in this place we went into and I was getting a little bit of peer pressure as well. And I just waited for that five, 10 minutes to kind of pass and I was fine then, you know? Um, but what I was going to say is I said to them, you know, they were like, oh, let's do this more often. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it more often, but, you know, we're going to go for steak. Uh, and that's that really. Otherwise, you know, uh, it's not going to happen, right? So I, I, I just, you just be straight up with people, right? And I said that and they were like, cool, uh, you find a good steak place and we'll do that next time. So I think you got to communicate these things again. So that was just an example. I just gave them, you know, the straight up thing. I said, you know, I, I would do it more often, but you know, I don't like eating these foods. They were eating, and it's rare that I'll go out and not eat, but this time around I went out and I didn't eat. I wasn't hungry at all. I had a massive, you know, carnival meal in the daytime. So I was fine, but communicating that. So now they know next time. So my first point was going to be, um, what you got to look at is, you know, the people you're spending time with, are they friends or are they just people that kind of served a purpose at one point in your life? Um, and perhaps now, you know, maybe you've changed or you are on a different path and perhaps you need to actively, you know, the other question I want you to ask yourself is, are you, and this is for anyone, right? These, these questions I'm putting out now are just good for anyone. Are you actively trying to surround yourself with like-minded people, right? Because I can guarantee you, right? When it comes to getting in shape and reaching your full potential, a guaranteed way to fail, there's two ways you're going to guarantee failure. Number one, just keep doing what everyone else does, right? Um, because, you know, the average person is overweight and unhealthy, and that is getting worse and worse, as I always say. So if you look around at everyone else and, you know, you want to kind of, I, I guess, fail on what you're doing with your health and fitness goals and everything else, simply just keep doing what everyone else is doing. And and that's, I wouldn't say that's guaranteed, but um, it's going to be a lot harder to, to reach your goals when you're doing what everyone else is doing. The next, the next thing, which is definitely going to guarantee failure, right, is is inconsistency, right? One way to guarantee failure is just being consistent, right? Simple as that, right? Um, so they're kind of really important things that you need to understand. Um, but what I would say in terms of finding balance and everything else, right, you've got to understand that perfect balance is simply doesn't exist, right? First and foremost, right? Yes, we're always trying to find better balance in life. But I think we need to get out of that thing of, yeah, I just want no one's got balance. We're all striving for better balance. And that comes back to our values as well. What do you value the most? You know, do you value work-life balance, for example, right? Where you want to free up more time so you can have more freedom to do X, Y, and Z. It really depends on what your values are. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to ask them to do other stuff, which doesn't involve, you know, drinking and eating shit food, right? So if you really want to level up, You've got to be active about this. You can't just, I always say to my clients, you know, in the lion's den, I call it the lion's den. You know, if you're going to go out into these situations and expect to come out unscathed every time, it's just unrealistic, right? You just got to be realistic. So simply just ask them to do other stuff which doesn't involve drinking. Like that could be going out in the daytime and doing stuff in the daytime, going for a coffee, uh, going for lunch somewhere, going for a walk, you know, whatever that is in the daytime. So it doesn't really involve you having heavy meals and maybe being exposed to alcohol or whatever. Um, and yeah, and if they don't want to do it, then that's fine. Then, you know, personally for me, if I was in that situation, I'd, okay, cool. Well, um, I guess I'll see you when I see you then. I think you just gotta be up, up front sometimes, right? You know, and yes, you need to, you need to sometimes allocate time. And sometimes, you know, you might take a little bit of a hit or whatever here and there to nourish certain relationships. But for the most part, you know, it's gotta be black and white. You gotta stand firm on, on what your values are, what you want to achieve. Cause, Otherwise, you know, there's there's nothing worse than untapped potential, basically, right, ladies and gents. 
So, um, yeah, some strategic tips on that question as well. Just to, just to remind everyone of the question, right? This person really wants to find balance and is literally let their fitness goals slip and everything in the summer. Um, again, because of the choices they're making when they're out socializing with friends. So the biggest thing that I say, and this is in proven in research as well, is pre-planning. Okay, so have a look at the menu in advance, right? There's simple stuff like, you know, obviously planning your meals is an example of pre-planning, but in this scenario, look at the menu in advance so you know what to expect, right? And for me, for example, if someone says, oh, you know, we're going to a certain place and it's just garbage on the menu, like absolute garbage, I don't want to eat garbage, so I'll just eat at home and I'll just go out and I won't eat. That's what I'll do and that's what it takes, right? Sometimes, I mean, if you want to go out and eat those foods and you want to kind of, I guess, let your hair down a bit, then that's fine as well, right? Um, but that's just me and that's my, well, what the therapist told me, unrelenting standards. Um, but, you know, best case, just look at the menu and then you know in advance, right, okay, I can see what's on the menu. Let's have a look. Have I got the option to have maybe steak and salad because I want to stay on track on my fitness goals? Okay, great. I reckon I could eat that and enjoy it and, um, you know, it's going to keep me on track, my fitness goals or whatever. So then you can plan in advance. So there's nothing worse than just not knowing what's on the menu, turning up with your friends and stuff. You know, perhaps you're hungry as well, because again, you probably haven't planned well in the daytime. You haven't had high protein. You haven't had complete meals or whatever. Uh, and then you turn up, you're hungry. There's shit food on the menu. And then, you know, guaranteed you're taking a hit, right? It's just the way it goes. So that pre-planning, ladies and gents, is extremely important. And it's not being obsessed either. I had one of my clients get pushed back on this uh, when he was looking at the menu before going out. And, you know, his, his partner said to him, like, God, man, you're taking this a bit far, aren't you? Can you just like relax and just go out and go with the flow? And he was like, eh, no, not really. <laughs> I love this answer, actually. He was like, no, not really. Um, I want to stay on track and I like to eat steak and it looks like they got some good stuff on the menu. Um, so no, I'm not being obsessed. I'm just being aware. And that's that. So, and that was kind of the end of that conversation, really. So again, things need to be communicated properly, but you have got to be strategic and pre-planned. And then other strategic methods as well for anyone else in these situations I know the summer's kind of over now in the US and UK. I know most of you are in the US. So, uh, I mean, this will be relevant anyway, though. Um, what I use with clients is, you know, banking calories up, right? So if you track food or whatever, or even if you don't track food, just simply cut him back a bit. If you know you're going somewhere and you want to indulge, sometimes you want to do that, right? And I want to be clear here. That's part of self-care as well, right? Sometimes saying yes is part of self-care. It's not always saying no to everything, right? I'm not saying that, but bank your calories up, right? Cut back a bit. Okay, if you know you're going to have some foods that you enjoy, like pizza or whatever, a load of drinks, whatever that is, you know, just cut back a bit in the week and bank some calories up for the weekend. Um, simple. Then, you know, on the day you go out, make sure you have plenty of protein in the daytime so you blunt your appetite. Um, and I always say to people as well, there's never any reason to have two meals. Bad, I don't want to say bad, but I'm just going to say it, right? Two bad meals in a day where you're having like two shit meals right? Which don't have any, you know, much nourishment or, you know, it's like processed food or whatever. There's never really any, this is odd occasion or whatever, I get it, but there's never really an excuse to have like a whole day, to be honest, like people who do, you know, those days where they call it like cheat days or whatever. Um, like I used to do back in the day, there's never any really excuse to do that. That's, there's never going to be any benefit from doing that. And if you do find yourself doing that, where you just hit the off button, then you got to just, again, ask yourself the question, um, why am I eating like this? You know, because you know deep down you don't necessarily want to do that, but you're doing it anyway, right? So having one meal, cool, bank your calories up. But if you're just going to write a whole day off, there's never going to be any benefit in that. Um, yeah, and then last strategic thing. In fact, I reminded my my clients of this 
today because it's very simple but very effective and that's the three big rocks we're always going to be obviously sleep is always number one but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole sleep is the foundation without that forget about everything but the three big rocks taking that out of it are training nutrition and movement so i was chatting to my clients actually because obviously some are over now in the us and uk pretty much sorry to remind you of that but it's coming to an end and social stuff kind of calms down the kids go back to school etc so when you have those uh social events you need to have two of those big rocks dialed all the all times, right? As good as you can get them. So for example, if, you, if your nutrition and your food's taking a hit because you're on holiday or you're socializing or whatever, then you've got to make sure that you overcompensate with movement, for example, do more steps, okay, to compensate for that. Uh, and just make sure you're on point with your training. You're not missing any workouts, right? Um, then if, for example, you're you know, training, you can't, for whatever reason, you can't get to the gym, Um I mean, there's always, there's never a reason not to train, right? You can still do body weight and bands, but if you can't do purposeful sessions in the gym, then you have to be more on point, more mindful of your nutrition, and you have to make sure the movement's dialed. But when you haven't got these social events, so I was saying to clients earlier, then you can get all three dialed because ideally you want all three of them. Forget about the 80% thing. I'm just going to be straight up here. I think you need 85 to 90%, really. Um, if you like people listening to this, I know you're growth minded. You want to get to the next level. You don't want to fuck around, right? You want to be 85 to 90% on point with the training nutrition movement, right? To be to be straight up with you. So dialing those things in now, like this, maybe you've got less social events coming up or whatever, right? Bang, I'm going to train, you know, as often as I can, right? Appropriately as well. I'm going to make sure I'm smashing plenty of steps and doing all my movement. Uh, and I'm going to make sure my nutrition's dialed. I'm going to prepare ahead. I'm going to plan my meals or whatever that looks like to you, hit high protein. So they're the three big rocks, right? But remember, uh, all year rounds, two of them need to be dialed one of them sometimes is going to take a hit. In an ideal scenario, if you've been slipping, let's say in the summer, you feel like you've slipped for the whole summer, like the guy in this. Sorry, I'm not I'm not trying to call you out here, my man. You might not have slipped for the whole summer, right? I'm just, sorry, man. Don't, don't take this the wrong way. I know you're listening back to this. But, uh, you know, if you feel like you've slipped a bit over the summer, then now's a good time for you to just dial all those three things in. So you're 85, 90% consistent with training, nutrition, movement. Um, and then, you know, things just tend to level up then, right? So, I think some really, really valuable points there, ladies and gents. You might have to get your notepad out for this podcast. Last but not least, the last question is a different topic. And it is, I do, the question is, I do hit cardio three times and weights three times per week. But I've plateaued for a month or two now. I've been doing three cardio and three weights. Wow, that's a lot. Um, For over a year. Hats off to you. That's a lot of discipline. I used to be overweight, but I dropped 50 pounds, congratulations, uh, from keto and training six times per week. I haven't lost fat for around six to eight weeks, and now I'm starting to get really frustrated. Am I doing something wrong? I think this is a fantastic question, right? Because you know, ladies and gents, I always talk about the you know, the cardio the cardio and the weights thing. I had Dr. Philip Ovadia come on um, and the, the, the podcast was titled Cardio Sucks for Fat Loss. So great, I get to get stuck into this topic again. But no, I mean, again, research does show there was a study done quite recently that, because I know the topic in discussion here, I'm going to give you different angles here, ladies and gents. I'm going to talk about health, cardio for health. I'm going to talk about cardio for fat loss. Now, a recent study was done and they found that actually there was three groups. One group focused on diet and strength training. One group focused on diet and cardio. One group focused on diet, strength training, and cardio, right? And I think it was only quite a short-term study, right? But it still it still gives us a good indication as to what's more effective. I, I can't remember now. I think it was a 12-week study. And basically, the group who focused on um, strength training and diet 
lost significantly more uh, body fat. Okay. Now I know there's going to be other variables which come into this, but it does give us a, an idea of what is the most important thing when it comes to fat loss, right? And I've talked about this many a times, but with HIT, right? There's a lot of research out there, to be honest, to show, and this is true, by the way, HIT cardio, so high intensity interval training, actually does have a similar effect to strength training on the metabolism. So what happens is you get a, a phenomenon called um, exercise post-oxygen consumption, EPOC. Um, essentially what that means is your metabolism is elevated after doing the thing. So the afterburn, they call it the afterburn after doing HIIT cardio or strength training is really high. In other words, muscle protein synthesis is higher, which essentially means your metabolism is elevated and your body's burning more calories um, after the workout um, for up to 40, 48 hours. Some studies show it. I think one or two studies actually showed up to 72 hours, right? But still debatable. However, with HIIT training, it is, from my experience, most people simply don't do it right, okay? Now, I'm not saying to you, the person who asked this question, um, that you're not doing it right necessarily. I'm not saying that. But with HIIT training, um, it needs to be like very, very specific and a specific zone with your heart rate as well to actually do it effectively. Zone five, I believe is zone five. Um, so for example, like in research for fat loss and elevating metabolism, the best type was, imagine you jump on a treadmill or you go on a bike or even a rower and you go like your life depends on it for 30 seconds to so sprint on the treadmill or rower or bike, like your life depends on it, like absolutely everything you've got top end, right? 100% effort for 30 seconds, rest as long as you need. You can take as long as you need rest until your heart rate drops and you're ready to go again and repeat that six times. So essentially you go in six times all out for 30 seconds. That's three minutes in total of work. And that's been proven to be the most effective or one of the most effective for the metabolic effects and the afterburn and the calorie burn. Um, that and also up, up, at the, up at the top is the Tabata stuff where you do 20 seconds all out and then you rest for 10 seconds and you do that eight times. So again, that's only four minutes all in all, including the rest. Um, and the other one then, obviously, Dr. Peter Atia just finished reading his book, Outlive, which is absolutely incredible, by the way. It's shifted my perspective on a few things, but with especially with cardio, which I'm going to talk on now. Uh, he talks about the four by four. And you only have to do this like once a week for the health benefits. Now, when it comes to fat loss, a little bit different, um, but another type of kind of um, zone five cardio, which is more of the intense type, is four minutes. This might be zone four. Maybe I've got this wrong. Actually, I think this is zone four where you're doing four minutes, where you're going hard. So you couldn't hold a, you're not going all out 100%. Obviously it's four minutes, right? Um, but you're probably going, I'm not going to go with a heart rate percentage thing, but you're going quite hard. So you couldn't hold a conversation. Um, you're pushing yourself essentially for four minutes. Like it's tough, really hard. Then you rest for four minutes and you do that four times. And that could be again, rower, runner, bike. Um, and that's another really effective form of interval training. So ultimately, just to answer this question though, right? Those things, they are not going to work long-term. So for this person in question, he said six to eight weeks, getting frustrated, hit a plateau. You know, you've been doing this for a year now. You've been doing HIIT training for a year and you've been doing weights for a year, right? So your body essentially has adapted to what you're doing. Now, what happens with cardio, right? 
um, when it comes to fat loss. Now, I'm talking about fat loss, um, and I am going to just talk a little few things on health as well. But with fat loss, when it comes to cardio, you definitely need to uh, look at the fact that cardio slows your metabolism down, long story short. So with this person in question, um, look at the fact that metabolism, right, adapts. So what's happened over the last year is your metabolism has adapted, it's slowed down, it's become more efficient with calories, in other words, because you're manually burning calories like three times per week by doing cardio. So you're sending a signal to the body that it needs to get more efficient with calories, right? Because all the body cares about is survival. Hope that makes sense. And ultimately, you're also sending a signal, which is confusing for the body, right? Because when you do cardio, hit cardio sends a different signal, like I say, when you do it properly. But if you're doing this even for longer than three or four weeks, it's not going to have the same effect because the metabolism is going to adapt right? And it's going to slow down. So, but, but generally what you're saying into the body is right. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, anti-tissue, right? You're telling, you send a signal to the body to break tissue down. Whereas when you're doing weight training, you're sending a signal, which is pro tissue is anabolic. So you're sending like a catabolic signal now hit cardio and then appropriately. And then really intense. Like I said, especially the sprints I was talking about, like 20 on 10 off or 30 on uh, 30 seconds on, and then rest as long as you need six times. Um, that is anabolic, right? So that is actually similar to strength training because it's it requires strength and power, right? So it sends a, a signal to speed the metabolism up, but it won't do that after about three, four weeks. So your body's adapted now, which is why the this is partly why there's going to be other factors, which I'm not going to be able to answer because I haven't got enough information, but this is going to be one of the main reasons your body's adapted and essentially your metabolism slowing down. Um, but also with, with fat loss, there's only so far you can go as well um, with doing the same fitness regime. So, you know, what I would say is, yes, in terms of you doing something wrong, what you would need to do, uh, you know, with the goal being fat loss here now, right? So bear in mind, I'm talking about like improving the way your body looks, improving metabolic health and getting leaner. You would want to switch over to not doing any cardio, right? And just focus on doing strength training. What you could do, right? Because you maybe just enjoy cardio anyway. You could do weight training five times per week. And then perhaps you could do like the four by four um, hit cardio. That was, no, actually, what would be more effective is do one of the sprints, right? So do the, like you're already training six times per week. So if you do five weight training sessions instead, and then hmm, might be a bit too much actually with that intensity. No, I would go with the first option, four by four. So do five strength training sessions and then go with one uh, cardio session where it's four by four. So this is going to improve your VO2 max and fitness. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not going to be detrimental in terms of, you know, fat loss. Um, four by four, the four by four stuff I talked about. So go hard, quite hard for four minutes, right? Maybe about, you know, 70 to 80% of your max output, right? In terms of the intensity and the speed and stuff on the sprinter, the bike or the rower, rest for four minutes. Oh, sorry, just go easy for four minutes. If, for example, if you're sprinting on the treadmill, walk slowly for four minutes to recover, allow your heart rate to drop right down. If you're on the rower, I would recommend, I mean, you could go slow for four minutes. I'd probably recommend just, I don't know, just let your heart rate drop. It's hard to drop your heart rate when you're doing the rower or on the bike, all out, you know, do the 70 to 80% uh, max output for four minutes and then just ride really slowly for four minutes. Um, do that once a week and then do strength training five times per week. What I would say though is I would like to look at your program. I would like to look at, you know, what kind of strength training are you doing? Because with the level you're at now, you've come a long way, you've lost 50 pounds, you know, well done on that. But this is what happens. You will hit a plateau. And a lot of people do go backwards um, when they get to this point because they don't know what to do and they're just guessing. So like if, if I took you on as a client, for example, I would say, right, let's have a look at your current training program. What do we need to change? 
What can we do differently to maximize results, speed your metabolism up, uh, shock the system, and essentially build muscle as well? Because um, that's going to make you look and feel better anyway in terms of, and it's going to improve your body composition. Um, yeah, and that's what I would look at. And I would just ease off cardio. I would I would focus on sending the right signal, send a signal to your body that we need strength, right? So if you do session, if you do five workouts per week, strength, you're saying, right, to the body, we need to be strong, okay? And in order to be strong, we need to build muscle. And then to build muscle, the metabolism speeds up, right? Um, whereas when you're doing cardio, it's confusing for the body. The body doesn't doesn't know whether it's coming or going when you're doing three of each. The body's like, oh, okay, so we're getting, oh, okay, so now we're trying to break down what, you know, it's confusing for the body. The body just needs to know what it's doing so it can adapt um, and essentially get you the results that you want. And when adapt, adapt is not the same as a plateau, right? A plateau is stop seeing results, right? Your body stop responding. Adapt is what you want. You want your body to adapt to what you're doing. For example, when you go to the gym, you're doing a proper program, you're doing it strategically like my clients, you're tracking your reps, you're making sure you're overloading your body, you, you, it's phased. So, you know, every four to five to six weeks or even three weeks, you're changing up the stimulus and it's structured properly. So you're not guessing, you're getting results and you keep showing up. You keep, you know, you, you're going to get results. You're going to keep get going from strength to strength. And then your body is going to adapt to that signal of strength. And the way it adapts to that is it sends a muscle building signal, builds muscle, gets stronger, and you, your body improves. Um, your hormone balance tends to improve, providing you, you know, you're nourishing your body properly and hitting protein and stuff. You know, your hormones improve, your testosterone levels go up. You know what I'm saying? And I can keep going down the list there. So yeah, um, that's the answer I would give to that question. But just to summarize on that, cardio, I wanted to talk about the health standpoint now, whilst we're talking about this topic. Um, this is something that I'm looking to bring in. I'm actually, I, I was going to go on my uh, my bike again, um, get outdoors on my bike. Um, but my bike's broke, so I need to buy a new bike. But it's something I'm going to start implementing now simply for health and longevity. Because this is one of the perspective shifts I had. Now, I knew, I always said to people, right, cardio is helpful for health and for fitness and lung capacity. Um, but I didn't realize the correlation. How Well, I knew the correlation, but I didn't realize quite how important it was to have a really, really good VO2 max. VO2 max is when you can do a VO2 max test um, where you do like a fitness test and essentially it tells you what your score is in terms of your ability to um, utilize oxygen and essentially your fitness levels, your lung capacity, your cardiorespiratory system. Um, and in order to build that up, Peter Rassia says um, the ideal amount of cardio is going to be um, three zone two cardios per week. Zone two could be walking. So it could simply just be uh, like a brisk walk for 45 minutes. And everyone's zone two is the type of heart rate. And it's going to be different for everyone in terms of what the actual heart rate is. So I'm not going to go too much into the weeds there, but ultimately, you know, a fast walk for 45 minutes, three times per week is going to cover that or a hike. Um, but the best option he says is just sitting on an exercise bike because then you can just like see what, what your heart rate is. Um, you should, be, and the, the best way to describe zone two is, you know, you should be able to have a conversation. So you go for a light jog, let's say for 30 minutes, or you go on the bike at a steady state, you know, so you just cycle in, but your heart rate's not going up too high. Uh, probably in the early 100s in terms of your heart rate, depending on the person. And you could hold a conversation for 45 minutes. That's the best way to describe zone two. Whereas zone five, the other stuff I was talking about, obviously you're definitely not going to hold a conversation. It's going to be more challenging, but three zone threes and one zone five. Is it zone four or zone five? So three, three zone threes a week, which is just low intensity cardio. Like I say, the bike or walk 45 minutes, three times per week. And then one intense cardio, like I say, he mentions the four by four is the most effective, right? The one that I talked about once per week. And that is optimal for VO2 max, that amount of cardio per week, 
right? So I'm trying to figure a way out how I can factor this. Do I get like an exercise bike? Because that'll probably be more productive for me than going out on my bike. It'll be less intense as well, because I think I'm going to go into the wrong zone if I got on the bike because of all the hills around here. So I could just like do some work or check emails or whatever whilst I'm doing it. So how can I stack that into a habit onto my, you know, onto my day? So anyway, I wanted to give some knowledge bombs on the health benefits of cardio whilst we were here. Um, and that's not counterproductive because ultimately it's low intensity cardio anyway, for the most part, like I said. So walking or going on an exercise bike, low intensity for 45 minutes, right? Um, and that is not going to have any negative impact on fat burn or anything else. In fact, there's some research to show now as well, based on his book um, for blood sugar levels and regulating blood sugar levels and actually um, maybe insulin sensitivity a tiny bit as well. Um, but no, like not even comparison in the conversation compared to resistance training, compared to strength training. So anyway, that was a long-winded answer to all those questions, but I wanted to share the wisdom, the knowledge, and different perspectives um, based on my experience and clients I've coached and obviously research, right? I like to bring in studies as well to kind of back that up because otherwise, you know, ultimately we need the science as well, right? So ladies and gents, um, if you have any um, questions or any feedback from this podcast, drop me a DM at Martin Silver Fitness or drop me an email, admin at optimizeyourbody.com. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear feedback. I'm always trying to improve this podcast and make it the best in the world, essentially. <laughs> that's that's what we're aiming for here, right? Because we're already at the top in terms of uh, health and fitness podcasts in the world, you know, especially when people search on Spotify. Um, I mean, especially when it comes to carnivore, I always come up at the top there. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have said they're starting to find us now, you know, uh, a lot in the search, which is great. But, uh, you know, I, I know people are getting value from this, but I really want to make this better. And I really want to improve because I really, I really value the audience and I want to make this better for you. But more importantly, I want to make it specific, which is great when people DM me with these questions and feedback so I can actually improve then. Um, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. I have um, my man Ian coming on, right? We're going to do an in-person podcast again. We had amazing reviews on the last one where we were talking about emotional intelligence um, and, you know, fitness essentially for reaching your full potential. Now, again, if you have any uh, questions that you'd like us to cover in the podcast, um, I mean, Ian is um, a close friend of mine. He's a high performer, very successful, in fantastic shape. Um, you know, he's 10 years older than me, 46 years old. The guy is an absolute plethora of wisdom. So you want to use this mind on the podcast, right? By actually asking questions. And if it's a, you know, a valuable question, then I'll not valuable, but if it's, I think it's valid for the episode, I'll answer it there and then, but if not, I'll answer it on a later podcast anyway. So, uh, stay tuned for that one. That's going to be coming live, um, next week. And also, yeah, lining up some awesome guests, ladies and gents, right? So please stay tuned. And if you haven't already, last thing I wanted to say is if you can please give this, this podcast a rating and review on Spotify or iTunes, this really, really helps, ladies and gents, when you do that. It will be a massive help if you can take one minute after listening to this and just simply give us the stars and, 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 and review. Thank you. Over and out.